0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the environmentally focused podcast, Fishing for Answers. Rubbish name, I know, but in this podcast, I talk to guests on their stances on various forms of the fishing industry. In this episode, we cover all things environmental with my very special guest, marine biology student, Matthew Faith. So Matthew had managed to source caught fish that were too small to sell to be able to use for this experiment. At a first look, Certainly to the untrained eye, everything looked what I perceived to be fine. You know, a head, eyes, a tail, scales, healthy pinkish color on the inside, and roughly the right parts in the right places. It seemed, at first anyway, that there wouldn't be much to find. Certainly in the first tiny pilchard we had presenting itself on the cold lab table in front of us. But this certainly was the assumption of an untrained eye. Lying between, for example, the, the intestine and the gonads, he calls, um, was what I thought were intestines. Um, they were in fact parasitic worms. These sort of tubular, stringy, pale in color, sort of, I don't know what they were, but they were parasitic worms, lifeless in their defrosting coffin. <laughs> um, and my investigative brain, immediately thought this was a huge discovery gearing up to target the local newspaper with this huge story. Um, so I'm glad Matthew kind of brought me back down to earth with um, his very straight comment saying this is in fact fairly common. wasn't sure why but it is thought to cause the fish little harm. Again not much research in this during its short lifespan but can be different in other countries. So let's get back into the lab with Matthew to talk a little bit more about what actually happened when I met him. slightly nervous, actually.
1: <laughs> it's fine, we've got loads of a few. Uh...
0: Burst every single yeah, stomach in there. <laughs> so Matt's very kindly let me stick on a pair of purple gloves and gonna actually try one of these myself. Fast forward my embarrassing attempts of dissecting the fish. So what, you're just sort of running your thumbs down to sort of, oh, what's that? That's its stomach contents, so that's, um, that's quite disgusting yeah so it's like a, it looks kind of like almost like you know when you've got like sinusitis and you blow your nose and finally all that stuff comes well, out
1: you can see it's mucousy yeah it's...
0: so mucousy jeez it's, hard, <laughs> it's not even coming off your finger wow <laughs> um,
1: yeah but if you want to um have a play around with this if you want to separate it all out
0: to be honest the fishy i'm guessing because it's just one fish but the fishy smell isn't as strong as i thought it was gonna be
1: these were caught yesterday so these are really fresh. Yeah. Been f- they were frozen straight away. So what's all this black stuff? We the can black stuff is where the guts have ruptured, and it is actually gut contents. So yeah, what's inside here? Um, so you can see there's parasitic worms. You can see them covering the lining of the intestine of the fish. Um, I, mean, from the worms' perspective, it's completely normal. They have to complete. They have to live inside a fish to complete their life cycle how healthy it would be for the fish but it is very easy you see them a lot it's completely normal do
0: you know if that yeah. would like make it across the humans at all or
1: like would it affect the, the meat um i mean so this is a mackerel so it'd be gutted so this would all be removed mm-hmm. um and i mean in this country anyway like it's you usually cook the fish very very well um in other countries in one other cultures um other cooking methods, you can obviously eat raw fish and stuff, um, which does mean some some parasites can be can go from fish to human. I'm not sure how often that occurs. I'm not a medic, but it, I think it can happen. Um, but these would be very very similar to kind of tapeworms. What you get. In mm. these. If a fish live long enough, would that pass through its body or stay there and grow? Oh, these are these are these these won't be going anywhere. These will.
0: Are they so alive or...? Because it going to frozen, it's been
1: frozen, yeah. I was just actually seeing sometimes they do move around a bit. If I take the stomach out and start getting some of the gut content, start to quite, have a look at.
0: It takes up quite a large portion of the inside, doesn't it? quite long. I was expecting it to be smaller, I don't know why.
1: The uh the gut? Yeah. Yeah. It is quite big.
0: Could you put like an age on this fish?
1: Um it's immature due to okay. the length of it. Um it's not fully grown, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I wouldn't know a more precise age. Yeah, yeah. guts are more interesting really because these guts are eaten when you have your, or if you have tin sardines, um, whereas the mackerel the guts removed. So the, this one, you get the gas bladder is a lot clearer. Can you see that balloon? Like uh, the yeah!
0: Look? Wow, it's like almost like a little bit
1: to an untrained eye, it's like a bit of plastic. Yeah, yeah
0: probably would have worked for the podcast if you said it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding that's mental
1: i mean if a fish was struggling for food it would probably very quickly become food because it would become weaker and then would get predated by a bigger fish because the slower it gets, get the more likely it is to be caught by um you can see that worm is actually moving so it's still alive where am I looking by the
0: oh wow yeah so we're just looking at parasitic worm that's moving inside of a dead fish that is really disturbing (laughs) but really fascinating hopefully
1: a very small pile of gut contents has got something interesting in some didn't seem to have anything in their stomachs it's a shame it's the nature of biology Mm. every individual is different and it's not very predictable.
0: <laughs> so from the outside, they look so similar, but then on the inside, like I said, some have worms, some don't.
1: Yeah, they are very, very
0: different. Some um, have more full stomachs than the others, and they're the same size, and it's just, you don't really know until you get into it, I guess.
1: What some of them have moving worms, like this, <laughs> some of them have dead worms. <laughs> <laughs> just as gross, though.
0: <laughs> About to go under the microscope. So what is it you're doing here?
1: Um, so I'm just taking some of the gut contents, and I'm going to put it in ethanol to kind of um just kind of dissolves things a little bit better it makes it clearer Or will make it clearer separate it all mm. out right, immediately does something yeah so straight away I think that might be some plastic fibres.
0: Some things that look like, uh, like quite stringy, sort of almost like as if you're going to put cotton wool on the table
1: almost, that sort of shape. So yeah, you've got the cotton woolly stuff, and then behind that you've got some very solid, unnatural-looking things. I'll separate them out onto the.
0: And how do you know they're unnatural?
1: You don't get straight lines like this in nature, really.
0: So would that be of like maybe clothes that have been washed or something
1: that could be clothes yeah it could be um, yeah it could be fibres like that or it could be well it's way too fine to be fishing right? It's, it's, it could be very confusing looking under the microscope and then looking in person yeah that is that was another so that's another yeah
0: so you're saying that potentially could be sort of plastic fibres yeah living inside that fish's stomach yeah and what's, what is like does that matter at all
1: um I mean the thing is like If a fish consumes so much plastic that it's going to affect its health make it weak or even kill it then it's not going to end up on supermarket shelves like we're not going to find them because it's going to be dead like that's why when you get dolphins and um, like dolphins washed up on the beaches and they're full of plastic like it's killed dolphin and that's how we found it um and if you went out into the and caught a dolphin and then it wouldn't be very ethical but then killed it and looked at its gut contents it probably wouldn't be very much in there because it's alive and well and you've caught it alive and well and it's the same with fish like if it's got a lot of plastic in it and it kills it and um, it's going to sink or be washed up or if it's affecting its health it's not going to be very quick to escape predators that's going to be eaten so the fish which ends up on our supermarket shelves like although it may contain plastic it's not usually enough to be harming the fish um what about being
0: selfishly as humans
1: well that's the thing like so a mackerel um the gut contents are removed and you only eat the flesh so the concern isn't eating the plastic it's um the concerns eating what's come off the plastic so like especially fibers will be holding on some really nasty chemicals like fire retardants and that kind of thing and they could be toxic or carcinogenic like um cancer-causing chemicals and they will—they could leach off the plastic whilst they're still in the gut of the fish and then be absorbed by the fish's flesh and then we're eating that. So whilst we're not eating the actual plastic itself, we are eating what's coming off the plastic because plastic is very quick to um, absorb nasty
0: chemicals like that. We briefly touched on this theme about plastic contamination in fish. And I will definitely explore that deeper in a later episode, but this episode has basically taken well over two hours in the lab and been reduced to however long this episode is going to be, Um, but hopefully opens your mind's eye as it did mine. This is very much a local issue, as it is a global one, and Matthew concludes our time together by opening up a bit about his feelings and the actions he takes to reduce his plastic
1: footprint so in this country you get a lot more um, because of the way because of our waste disposal methods if you went to a country like Malaysia where they have a lot of plastic waste then things like plastic bags and other plastics will be breaking down into the it will be breaking down in the water. So if you looked at the contents, there would be very different here because you would see lots of colourful bits of like I guess like filmy plastic, like broken down bags. Whereas here, the most of the plastic is what's coming out of the sewage. Um, obviously, we do have plastic pollution problems, but the majority of the plastic is um, fibery stuff, like what's coming what's coming off our clothes, um, like polyesters and polyamides. Uh, fibres, big research areas because they are looking at ways of filtering the water which comes out of the washing machine so that these fibres are trapped before they end up in the sea I know you can buy some things I think they're called guppy bags where you actually put um, if you have clothes which are um, made out of things like polyester you can wash them inside this bag and it traps the plastic, um, it stays inside this bag while you wash it Surely it's
0: better to try and stop at the source though and not have like slight start making clothes in a different way.
1: Well, that's the thing, and that's actually a big thing for me at least with vegans and not wearing animal based clothing it is good, but a lot of vegan clothing is made out of polyester or plastic based, and in my mind, it would be a lot better to be wearing wool. Uh, again this is my opinion but a lot better to be wearing wool jumper than a polyester jumper because that polyester jumper is going to be breaking down every time you wash it and being released into the water and you could argue that I don't know I guess this is going into a bit more of an ethical debate but like the wool isn't actually killing anything having a wool jumper you haven't killed anything obviously whether you think it's morally correct to shave a sheep and use its wool is questionable but like the polyester clothing like you can you are you you can be killing organisms from that and it can be getting into the food chains and even into the human food chain um and oh, is it is actually is it one of david attenborough's um, series he was talking about how dolphins um consume all these plastics um and it actually makes, it can kill their young because it builds up in the breast milk of the dolphins. I remember seeing
0: that at the end of a, was it Blue Planet or something? I think it
1: was Blue Planet 2, maybe. Um, And like, so actually from that perspective, like there's probably enough plastic in a polyester jumper to kill dolphins, um, but a wool jumper you haven't killed anything. So it's an interesting debate. Yeah, and if you're buying sort of one wool jumper to last you 20 years versus
0: a jumper you buy maybe one of every six months or something
1: yeah yeah and also and then
0: washing that weekly
1: yeah and also cotton as well like cotton in principle is really really good because it's not you know you're not farming any animals for it then like no no animals being harmed in the making and when you're washing it and if nothing harmful is being released if it hasn't been bleached a lot of cotton is bleached which isn't good but then you've got to take into the take into account the farming of the cotton and how um, it can use a lot of water and a lot of space and you might be like destroying a natural habitat to grow cotton then and then actually that's cool so it's yeah the biggest issue i I mean i think the the best thing you could do in my opinion is reduce what you're buying and reuse things and making sure it's like organic and natural based um yeah like in my mind wool and cotton are very good because they're a natural base and not releasing anything harmful um but yeah everyone has different views on it and i guess it's whether you prioritize um it's whether you look at it from how how it's been made um the ethics of that to and then compare it to the ethics of what's going to be released and the waste of the products you've got and you need to look at the whole system rather than just one end of it
0: so that wraps up our first session on this topic has it changed your mind will you still continue to eat fish what actions will you take going forward i'd love to hear your responses on this and if you'd like to be part of the focus group please make yourself known by contacting sam j bowden at hotmail.co.uk but for now stay tuned as we focus more on fishing and ethics in the next episode Thank you, Matthew Faith, for your time and wisdom in the lab. And thank you to all who tuned in. See you in the next episode.